Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I'm your host, Kay Edwards, coming to you live from my home in Brooklyn. Yes, I am recording this at home because we at Radio Free Brooklyn have decided to be socially conscious and stay our distance, meaning not to go to the studio and infect the area because we have a lot of hosts that come in and out and a lot of hosts that have guests. So we've decided that we were all going to either record our messages from our homes or we were going to play rebroadcasts of our previous shows. Now, last week, you guys got a rebroadcast of my show, but this week I said I was going to try something different. I was going to actually try and bring you a brand new show. So here I am making a brand new show for you. Hopefully it sounds great. Hopefully it went well. And this is going to be the new normal for at least a little while until we're able to get out again and go back into the studio. So of course, I'm going to do my housekeeping, which we know Radio Free Brooklyn is turning five years old. And hey, even though Corona is out and it's about and it has everybody on lockdown for a little bit, we're still going to turn five years old in May. Nothing in the world is stopping just because this coronavirus is out. The only thing that's stopping is people going out, socializing, hanging out with one another. Bars are closed. No 
stadiums are open like we discussed before, but time is still ticking. So everyone's still going to have a birthday this year. So we're having a birthday in May. We're turning five. We're trying to raise $25,000 to stay on the air, to keep my show and all the other shows that you listen to, keep it broadcasting, coming to you the way we know you like our good programming. So if you want to donate, go to our website, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, hit the donate button, give what you can. So in light of all this, how is everybody doing staying isolated from one another? I mean, how is it really, really making you feel? And if you caught my Facebook Live the other day, actually last Sunday, if you caught my Facebook Live, I was talking about in this moment how God wants us all to do a self-reflection. And in this time, I think that we really should. I think it would really help us, not just in dealing with what's happening in the world, but also it would help us on our journey in our five-year plan. Because if you think about it, our five-year plan has to do with a lot of us doing the personal work to be our better selves. So if we have to do the work, we might as well do it now while we can't do anything else. I mean, like, what else are we going to do? Watch Netflix all day? Who's going to veg out on Netflix all day? When you're taking that break, take that time to do your self-evaluation. Take that time to think about, like I said, where do you want to be on the other side when all this is over? Where do you want to be when we come out of this? So we talked about that. I know a lot of you probably have put some things in place for yourself, so I'm not going to dwell on that much longer, but I do have something good which will also add to it, which could help you when you're doing your um, self-reflection and your meditations. I have today, we're going to talk about how are you going to possess the land that God has promised for you? As I was looking over some other ministries, seeing what all the other pastors are talking about in this time of everyone being isolated and no one being able to attend church services, I came across a, um, a sermon by Kenneth Copeland, and he was discussing possessing the land. Now, in our five-year journey, we started out saying we were going to make goals for ourselves. Everyone has that ultimate goal that they want to achieve after the five years. That's what we're working towards. And every year, every day, every hour, we're working slowly towards it little by little. So now, if we looked at that ultimate goal that we set for ourselves for the five-year plan as our promised land, like when the Israelites left Egypt and God promised them that he was going to take them into their promised land. If we look at our ultimate goal as being the promised land, how do you expect to get there in 2020? What part of your five-year plan can you implement in this year to get you that much closer to being there. So I want to discuss today some of the things that might be holding you back and it'll give you a chance to see if they are and if it is some of the things that we talk about if they're if they're items that are holding you back or discouraging you, it'll give you a chance to work on them so that you can then overcome them and move on to where you need to be. So what are you doing to possess your promised land? 
Now, here it is. Your promised land could be whatever it is that you set as your goal. It could be a business. It could be starting a new family. It could be the freedom of being an empty nester. It could just be having peace of mind. It could be that you feel that you have addictions that you want to break, bad habits. It could be becoming a healthier person. It could be anything. You could set your promised land to be anything that you want it to be. But it should always include health, healing, prosperity, joy, peace, and success. All Each one of those components that I just mentioned should all make up some part of your promised land. Because those are the blessings that God had promised to you. So if you think about it in that sense, maybe we could look at it as here are the things that you need to do in order to achieve those simple blessings that I just mentioned. The blessings being, again, health, healing, prosperity, joy, peace, and success. Now, the first thing is what I always go back to. What you think, what you speak, and how you act. Those are the three things that are so, they they totally govern the way that you maneuver through life. Because I always tell you, you have to believe. You know I'm always saying the biggest thing about anything that you do in your life is you have to believe and whatever you think you become like we said with the words whatever you speak you become you actually put your words into motion in order to create what it is you want to happen so whatever you think as the bible says as a man thinketh so he is so whatever you speak it's going to come to pass and then that also governs how you move which is the way that you act. So if we're thinking positively, then all of our thoughts should be everything good. It should be nothing negative. Everything that we talk about should always be positive. You know what? I'm going to finish my degree. I'm going to lose those 10 pounds. I'm going to learn how to run a marathon. I'm going to start up with the 5K and then work my way up to the New York City Marathon. All those things, when you think it, you speak it out loud, and then you act. And the acting part, say, for example, if you took, you know what, I really think I want to start practicing to run a marathon. So then you speak it, you know what, I'm going to run the 5K. And then how you act upon it is you go out every day in Prospect Park or Central Park or whatever park is near you, And you start running. You start actually practicing running and you time yourself. That's the way you thought it. I want to be a marathon runner. You speak it. I think I'm going to run the 5K. And you act. You actually go and you start practicing running to build your time up, to build your breathing up, to get yourself into a rhythm so that you don't wind, you know, make yourself too winded before the end of the, um, before the end of the race. You do all that. You pace yourself. So all those things, when you think it, 
you speak it, and then you put into the actions. The next thing that's going to help you get to your promised land is, we talked about this too, is your foundation love. And I see a lot of people, they don't really equate their blessings from God on their attitudes. They feel that, well, I go to church, I pay my tithes, I give to charity, but if when a stranger walks into that church and they're not dressed the way you want them to be dressed and you're praying the whole time that they don't come sit next to you, what is that really saying? Do you think God is even really seeing the tithes that you're putting in that basket? At that point, do you think he even really cares? Because he knows the money that you're giving him is the money he gave you anyway. So wouldn't you think that if God is love and he showed us how to love one another and says how you should love your neighbor as you love yourself, that component of your attitude and the love that you show or the lack thereof could also hold you back from getting into your promised land. And I know a lot of people don't think about it like that, but it's the little subtle things that can hold back our blessings. The small things that we really would think, ah, that doesn't matter. So what, I didn't speak to her this morning. So what, I hurried up to get in the house because I didn't want to speak to her and I hope she didn't see me. Or someone's waving and you act as though you don't see them because, oh, I really don't want to talk to her. That's not a good, that's not cool. That's not cool. That attitude like that is not cool. Not saying that you have to go out of your way to make sure that you entertain everyone. But if it's someone that you know is trying to reach out to you and they're speaking to you or they're trying to get your attention for whatever reason, even if you just tell them, you know what, I'm kind of in a hurry, I can't really stop, but you should acknowledge them. I don't see how some people just blatantly don't acknowledge other people. How do you just walk by and not acknowledge people? To me, that is just so rude, but people do it all the time and see, they don't think anything of it because I'm a good Christian. I know the Lord. I read my Bible every day. I pray. Yeah, but you treat your neighbor like crap. God sees everything. He weighs everything. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm, you're doing all that. But what happened to the part about love thy neighbor as you love yourself? What happened to that? So if you feel that you're trying to do everything and you have been doing everything and you're still like, I don't understand why my blessing's not coming. God's like, maybe if you smiled and said hello once in a while, your blessing would have been here already. Just something to think about. Just something to think about. And the gossiping, the talking about people, that doesn't cut it either. And now, here's little things that people do without even realizing that they're doing it. Your disrespect when you talk about, when we talk about the president, when you say negative things about elected officials, God doesn't like that either. When you think that you're actually better than someone else, (laughs) God doesn't like that either. And the biggest one, is when you're unforgiving. 
when you can constantly walk around and hold a grudge against someone because of something that they've done to you, he doesn't like that either. So a lot of things that could hold up your blessing is actually personal things that you're doing that you're not even realizing that you're doing. That's why they, the, that's why Paul said every day we must examine ourselves and work out our salvation because it's not just about paying tithes and praying and reading. It's also about the way we carry ourselves and interact with one another. And I've been saying that all the time, be a blessing to someone. Like I said, sometimes the small, the slightest gesture, a, a smile, if you make eye contact with someone, a simple smile, you'd be surprised how it can change someone's entire day, their entire day. So I'm going to come off of that already because we've talked about that. I talk about that all the time. Every week, I'm always talking about how we interact with one another, be a blessing to someone, not just look for someone to be a blessing to you all the time, help one another, especially in this time of with this whole virus going on until it totally works its way through our entire system. We're going to have to be mindful of one another. And I know our patients are probably going to get a lot shorter before they get longer just because people don't know how to sit still. And I think that's the problem why everybody's so antsy about staying in the house. People really don't know how to sit still. They feel that at every given moment of the day, they should be doing something. And I'm not saying doing something like, like just being out. People think that they should always be out. They should just constantly be doing something. And I guess the example that's coming to my mind is I caught this special that Dr. Phil had on the other night. And he was actually talking about the um, coronavirus, how because okay, he's not a, a regular physician, but he knows a lot of people in those fields. So, you know, he asked them questions. And what he did is he put together a show and he had people um, not call in, but they were doing it via Zoom or a Skype or something, but it was like a webcam. And he was talking to them and they were giving him questions and he was answering them according to the information that he had received from the people that he knows that are doctors and to the best of his ability of what he knows of what's going on with this virus. There was one mother and this one, I was like, here I go. She needs to listen to my, she needs to listen to my program on Sundays because I could tell her what she needs to be doing with her children. Cause you know, what, what am I always saying? People raise your kids, right? That's my biggest thing. People raise your kids. So here it is, this one woman. And this goes to show you how so many parents are not raising their children. They're not taking the time to get to know who their children are. They're not spending time with their children. They think that because they caught them from soccer game to baseball game to basketball game to ballet lesson to karate class, that's spending time. That's not spending time. That's being a chauffeur and dropping them off for somebody else to spend time with them. So here it is. Let me get back to the story. The woman calls into, well, she gets on the uh, webcam to Dr. Phil. And she says, her kids are driving her crazy. She has four kids. They're home all day. 
They've been cooped up in that house, the four of them with her and her husband. Now, mind you, she says the four of them like they're somebody else's kids. Her kids are seven, eight, 13, and 14. So these are not babies. These are kids that you can say things to and they understand perfectly well what you're talking about. They're driving her crazy. Every five minutes, she has to entertain them because they are coming to her saying how bored they are being in the house. They no longer want to stay around each other. They're constantly fighting with each other. She's like, because we're a very active family. We're every weekend. We're here. I'm taking them to basketball. I'm taking them to ballet. I'm, in other words, they're never in each other's presence because you always have each one of them in some other activity. Whereas the kids don't even know how to interact with each other and their siblings. That's number one. Then number two, you don't even know how to interact with your kids all at one time. And you're their mother because they're never in your presence all at one time. During the week, they're at school. When they come home, you give them dinner. If you talk an hour, if you talk for them an hour, that's a lot because they're doing homework. They're taking their bath. They're going to bed. On the weekend, you're out running around, taking them, taking them wherever, to the mall, to whatever activities they're doing. So now that she has these kids in the house with her, she's like, oh, they're driving me crazy. I can't take it. And Dr. Phil was like, driving you crazy? Those are your kids. What do you mean driving you crazy? And he said, just like I was thinking, you don't have any babies there. Your youngest one is seven years old. All of them are capable of finding activities to keep themselves busy. And he says, you seem like the way your house is configured, like you have a, a backyard, they can get outside. It's not even like they have to be a, um, out amongst, you know, a crowd of people. They have the, the advantage of going out and getting fresh air because they have a backyard. She says, yeah, we have a backyard and they spend time out there, but it's just not enough. And he's like, why? Because you have to watch them when they're in the back. It's like, really? You need to tell these children, he says, you need to put your foot down now with these kids or you're going to regret it later. And that's always my famous words. If you don't train them up from when they're younger, don't expect you're going to be training them up when they're teenagers. Ain't happening. So long story short, this time that we're all in the house and a lot of you are with your children, how about getting to know them? How about getting to understand exactly what it is that they may like or dislike and find out how they're doing? This is the opportunity for you to find out a lot of information that before you just never seem to have the time to find out. Actually sit down and start having a conversation with your kids, not all together because Whatever's happening with each of them, you want them to have their individual time, depending on how many children you have. But it's not like as if your time is limited. You have, you're not going anywhere. So you've got nothing but time to sit down and talk to these children and really figure out and understand what type of kids are you raising? What are they really learning? What type of characters are you really playing host to in your house that these children in a couple of years are going to be adults out there in society? What what type of adult are they going to be when they get out in society? I mean, do the work, people. Do the work. So to get back to what I was talking about with our promised land, 
we have to learn to forgive. If we don't forgive, that's another thing that's holding a lot of us back from receiving our blessings from the Lord. So another area is disobedience. Hello, that infamous word, disobedience, not listening to what the Lord told you and what he, not even what he told you personally, like he whispered in your ear, but just not listening to what he told you in his word. There's some of us that know there's things that we're doing that we should not be doing. Myself, present company included. I'm not saying I'm not a saint. There's a lot of things that I do. Well, not a lot of things, but there are some things that I do that I know I should not be doing. But you know what? Sometimes that flesh just gets the best of me and I do it. And of course, I have to always end up repenting or, oh, why did I do that? Knowing that it was going to set me back. But I'll tell you one thing. In this time that I've told you guys to reflect and to get to know who your God is and to get to know who you are in your spirit and what you want, I've been doing the same thing. And there are a lot of things that I used to do that I will no longer be doing. And now that I've had the time to really reflect on it, I really don't have to do it. When I was doing it, I was doing it just to be busy, just to have something to do, or maybe just to self-medicate in some areas. But now, since I don't have the opportunity for that, look, we're all a work in progress all of us. So even me, myself, I've realized there are some areas that I might've been a little disobedient in, but because of the calling that he has on my life, I've learned in this time of us being distant and in our own personal isolation, that those things are not worth me missing my blessing. Not at all. I have such a heavy mantle that I, I carry now. I can't afford to mess up or do something that would be displeasing in his sight. And not that some things I do, I'm not conscious of, but the things that I know I consciously said, "Mm, I'm going to do it anyway. Those are the things that I need to stop. Those are the things that he's really holding against us. The ones where we think about it and say, "Mm, you know, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. When you do that, that's that is total disobedience. It's like just like a slap in the face. The ones that you do that you're not aware of, that's different because you're not aware of it. So when he brings it to your attention, then you're like, oh my gosh, forgive me. I didn't know. But when you blatantly know, come on. So even like I said, myself, present company included, I know that there are some things that I needed to let go, that I needed to separate myself from in order for me to reach my promised land. Not saying that he's not blessing me. Yes, he's blessing me. Yes, he's moving me from one level to the next. But when I get rid of those things that are a hindrance, the ride would be a lot smoother. For me anyway, it would be a lot smoother. I would feel a lot better about it. So disobedience is another hindrance of keeping you from the the promised land that you have set for yourself. Now, here's a classic, and I know we're all guilty of it because we're guilty of it right now in this whole having to not, having to, having to stay separated from one another, murmuring and complaining. Now, we know 
that's the one thing that a lot of us have been doing. Me personally, I haven't been murmuring and complaining because I don't know whether you guys realize it or not, but like I said before, you probably did because I said this in one of my shows from before. I'm an introvert. So staying in the house is a good thing for me. God had just started working me to the point where he was getting me to go out more, to be more interactive with the people. But this right here is giving me a little reprieve, but I'm almost afraid and I have to keep telling myself that I'm not going to revert back to the way that I was. But this staying separate from everyone is almost making me have to start over again once this is over because I'm getting back to the point where I really don't want to go back outside. Meaning not outside, like I'm not going to go out to the grocery store or anything, but I mean, I don't want to be out as he had me starting to be out among the people and talking to people and meeting people. I'm almost getting back to that. "Mm, I'm good. I don't need to meet anybody. I don't need, they can hear me on the radio. I'm good. So I have to be careful with that as well, that I don't fall back into my old habits of being comfortable not socializing. But with all of you who love to socialize and this staying inside, it's probably really getting to you. I'm sure you have started grumbling and complaining about the fact that you can't get out and do what you want to do. You can't just go to the park or you can't go to the gym. You can't go to the movies. I know a lot of you want to go to Um, sporting events. You just can't do it. So I know there's been a lot of complaints that you probably have done, if not out loud, if not on social media, if not venting to your girlfriends on the phone, you've just said it under your breath to yourself as you're looking in the mirror, like, when is this going to be over? I'm, I'm enough of this already. So the murmuring and complaining is another thing that could hold you from getting to your promised land. Because when the the Israelites were in the wilderness, after they left um, Egypt, they murmured and complained. They were murmuring and complaining about everything. They were complaining because, at first they were complaining because, oh, did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? We don't have any food. So God started giving them manna. Oh, they had the manna. They were tired of eating that. They wanted the meat. They didn't have the garlic and the leeks and everything that they had when they were in Egypt. So he started giving them meat as well. Still complaining. Oh, we don't have enough water. How long are we going to have to be out here? They were never satisfied. That had them walking around for 40 years. A trip that should have took them, what, three days? Tops? 40 years they were wandering around. You don't want to be wandering around for 40 years for your five-year plan. We have a five-year plan that we put in place. We do not want to be stuck trying to get there in 40 years what we could have done in five. No, we don't. So that complaining, we got to get rid of it. We have to get rid of it. We have to try to, when we have feel the urge to complain, think of the positive of what it is. It might be even, okay, Going back to how you used to complain about sitting in traffic. Think about that. Used to complain for those of us who drove to work or for those of us who used to take mass transit. Oh, these buses, these trains, they're so crowded. I'm going to be late. They're always late. 
they move so slow. There's too many people. Now look, there's no people because you're home by yourself or with your family. The only people you see are the ones that's in your home with you now. I bet you you would kind of love a little without the virus. I'm sure you would appreciate a crowded train right about now. Because at least you know when you got off the train, you'd be going someplace. You'd be getting to the destination that you set out to go to. I'm sure when you used to fuss and complain about sitting in traffic, how is too many cars in the city? Why is everybody driving? This is ridiculous. Pedestrians take too long to cross the street. I'm sure you would probably appreciate sitting in your car right about now listening to your music because you still know once you got to your destination, you would be out of the house. You wouldn't be stuck in the house. Right now, there's no traffic jam in your house. You can walk around wherever you want. Nothing's holding you up. It's not too crowded. You don't have to wait for a train. Nothing is stopping you from walking from one room to the next. It's just something to think about. The things that we complain about, the things that we fuss and mumble about, now look at it. When it's taken from you, you almost kind of miss it. Well, no, I would never miss a, tr- a crowded train. I'm sorry. I, I just would never miss a crowded train because I don't like crowded trains ever. But I guess just the idea of being able to get on a train to go someplace, some people would think of it that way. Not that they miss the crowd on the train, but just the fact that they can get on a train to go someplace. They miss that. So. With all those things, if we implement them, I'm sure just from the first ones that I talked about, if you just worked on one of them, if you just worked on one of them in the time that you have that you can't go out, that would be one less that you'd have to work on towards your five-year plan. That would be one less, the grumbling. Practice not grumbling. Practice forgiveness. Practice not um, being disobedient. Practice that. Practice doing what you know you should be doing when you should be doing it. That's what we can be practicing. And we can start with the little things. Here we are. We can start on a, on, in a little area. Our home. Our home. Just the fact that we have to be there with others. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. Let's see how much we can accomplish in this time that we have being separated from everything that we normally would do. And like I was telling you when I did the Facebook Live, we have so much time on our hands now. It's actually given us an opportunity to evaluate how much time we were actually wasting doing other things. And I'm not saying that the other activities that you were participating in was a waste of time. If it gave you if it gave you enjoyment, it wasn't a waste of time. But if it just gave you enjoyment and you got nothing else out of it, then yes, possibly that might be considered a waste of time. Because look at all the other things that you could have been doing. Look at the stuff that you're doing now. It's just something to think about. It's just something to help you reevaluate how you see life, how you live life and how you're going to move through life going forward. So now with all those things, if we implement those things and we put them on our list of activities or 
accomplishments that we want to help us get to our goals for our five-year plan, then that's a start, at least one of them. And then after we do all that, after we worked on all those things, it's just a matter of waiting, waiting to see when God is going to move on our behalf. And that's just the biggest thing, the waiting. But in the waiting, in the waiting while we're doing the waiting now, there's so many other things that we can be taking care of in the wait. And the things that I mentioned prior are part of those things. So while we have the time, people, let's get busy. Let's do what it is we need to do. And um, this will help us in our journey. Let's make the most of the time that we have now to prepare us to be our best selves. Because that's still what our ultimate goal is, regardless of what we set for our goals individually for ourselves. Overall, we're all working towards being our best selves ever. So I'm thinking maybe I want to play a song now, perhaps. Let me see. Let me see what song would be fitting to play at this moment. Let me think about it. Just gotta have faith. It's life for the shadow, for all your tomorrow. It's knowing he's there through the sun and the rain. It's when you believe it before you can see it. And you can walk on, cause he's making the way. Just gotta have some.
just need a little bit of faith. I figured that would be something to um lift our spirits. You know, normally I don't play a lot of music, you know, only if it if the mood hits to put something on. But I think in this time with us being just isolated, I figured a little bit of music to brighten up the load, you know, lighten the load. Figured that was a nice little addition to what we're we're talking about because it's totally about having faith, totally about it. So now after we've done all those things, after we've thought about it, we've thought about it, we spoke it, and we acted upon it. We stopped complaining. We stopped being disobedient. What else did we do? We, what did we do? Oh, we decided to love and forgive. How could I forget that? That's the most important thing. We decided to love and to forgive. After we've done all those things, and they're going to take a while to make sure that everything is done, then that's when we can just believe that everything we've, we've done everything to the best of our ability. And we're just, like I said, waiting for God to bless us or show us what our next step is. And if you pray for him, if you pray to God to show you where you're falling short, he will show you. So it's not just maybe those things that I mentioned. It could be something else. You might not have a problem with showing love to other people. It could be something else that he wants to work out in your life. But if you just take the time and pray to him and ask him, Father, show me, show me where I fall short of your blessing or show me where I fall short of the person that you want me to be, the person that you're molding me to be. And he will definitely show you those areas. And then he'll even show you how you can clean them up. Because he doesn't just show you and say, okay, now handle it. He gives you solutions of how to handle it. And then he'll put you back in those situations to see if you were handling it the way that he showed you to handle it. So we're never alone when we do this walk. We only become alone when we pull ourselves away and we we just do whatever it is that we want to do but he's always there with us every step of the way every step of the way every step that we take he's there with us so it's just something for us to think about it's just something for us to practice in this time that we have of self-reflection that we're going to be doing all that see all this works together All this works together because when I said about self-reflection and finding out who you were in your spirit and what it is that you wanted to accomplish after this, after this period that we're in right now, here it is. He's now giving us the tools 
of what we should be doing to help us mode maneuver through this whole task of self-reflection. He's given us the tools and the he's outlined for us the areas that we need to be mindful of in order to help us do this self-reflection. And I'm I'm telling you, if you just took just one of them, you could probably spend the next eight weeks just working on that on just one. And we've had several on that list. So in this time, I'm not in the studio, as I said. None of us are in the studio. We want to make sure not to go out if you don't have to go out. Let's be mindful of if you're not sick, stay in the house so you won't get sick. Because I've seen that some people who were practicing keeping the social distance but maybe just had to run out to the store or maybe to go get gas. And they said they were following all the protocols of washing their hands and having on a mask, and but they still picked it up and they don't know how they picked it up. So it's little things that we are doing. We think we're doing everything properly when it comes to protecting ourselves. But because we really don't know how this thing is spread, we have a we have a lot of ideas of how it spread, but nobody knows definitively how it spread from one person to the next. The best thing to do if you don't have to go out, don't go out. Because the last thing you want to do is if you know you've been in your home for like two weeks and you're fine because you're you're practically out of the incubation period of how long it takes for it to show any symptoms. So if you stayed in the house, here it is, you've been in the house 14 days plus and you're fine and you go out the one time only to come back in and here it is seven days later, now you're not feeling well. Whereas you, if you would have just stayed in the house, you'd be fine. And it's coming on people just that quickly just that quickly. It's like, I only ran out to get just that quickly. So if you really, really, really don't have to go out, don't go out. It's really bad out there. And I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I'm just saying that so that we can all be mindful that this is not a joke. This virus that's going around is not a joke. People, if you see the numbers, that they're telling us daily, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. We've seen it happen in China. We've seen it happen in Italy. Italy now has gotten somewhat control of it. I believe from what I heard, they've gotten to where they flattened their line. So they're not getting that many new cases, but look how many people it took before they got to that point. And New York City right now, New York state is number one in the country. New York city has two thirds of all of what New York state has. And you know, we're bad. You know, we're bad here in New York city. If when, if other places in the country and in the world are saying, if you're coming from New York, they're going to quarantine you before they let you move around in their city. Now, here we are domestic. If I leave tomorrow and say I want to go to South Dakota for whatever reason, 
you know, South Dakota, South Dakota is saying, yeah, well, she just got off that plane from New York. 14 days. We're keeping her for 14 days before we even let her out amongst our population. That's because I came from New York because they know New York has the largest amount of cases. They're not taking chances. They don't want us coming there infecting their people. So if they don't want us coming there infecting their people, why would we want to go out and infect each other? Stay in the house, people. If you don't have to go out, if you're privileged, by now, everyone that could work from home is probably working from home. Take advantage. All those days when you said, oh, I wish I could work from home. Now you have the opportunity to work from home. Enjoy it. Relax. It's, it's, it's not, it's not pretty. From what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing, from what people are saying, the ones that are kind of getting over it, the ones that have it, you can see we don't have enough ventilators. And once they have to put you on a ventilator, you can't breathe. If you're able to breathe on your own, if you come down with something and your symptoms don't get that bad and you can stay in the house and it passes, that's the best thing for you. If you can just ride it out in your home, that's the best possible solution for you. You do not want to have to go into the hospital because when you go into the hospital, from what they're saying about the hospitals, there's just not enough staff. There's just not enough equipment for everyone to get what they need. It's just, it's too much. It's overwhelming. So that's why I'm making a plea to everyone. If you don't have to go out, don't go out. Stay inside. And now Walmart, Amazon, Target, supermarkets, Fresh Direct, everyone has ramped up their delivery service. So if you need groceries, order it, have it delivered to your home. Let them drop the box at your front door and keep it moving. You go out there after they're long gone, pull that box in and you keep it moving. Don't go outside. But one thing I will tell you, when you get that box in your home, make sure because you know the germs do stay on cardboard, metal, all those things, it stays on bags. Not saying that these people that's bringing it to you have the virus, but you never know the warehouse that it's coming from, the truck that it's um, placed in for delivery. You don't know what germs is lurking in there and you don't want to bring anything into your sanitized home because you're now bringing something foreign from outside inside. Make sure you unpack the boxes. If you have a small area where you can unpack, take everything out. Make sure you wash your hands after you finish touching those items. Wash everything down. If you're getting canned goods or things in a jar, make sure you wash those down before you put them in your cabinets. Any boxes like pasta or plastic bags of like rice or whatever, make sure you wipe those down before you place them in your, your pantry. And then just still wash your hands after you're done. You want to try to keep as many germs from coming inside your home because then that defeats the purpose. If you're staying in to not catch it, but yet you're going to have the delivery coming and you're just going to haphazardly let the box go all over and just whatever from outside come into your home, then you could have just as easily went outside. 
So I'm just saying, when you do these things, when you get your deliveries, make sure you unpack it in one place so you don't spread it all over. Clean the area after you've gotten rid of the box, dispose of the box, put it in whatever recycling needs to be done. Come in, wash that area where the box was. Make sure you thoroughly wash your hand if you're not using gloves when you open the box to take your products out. And then just before you put everything in the closet, make sure you wash the products down before you put them into your closet where, um, where you're going to store them. And if we, if we stick to that and we stick to that method of doing things, we should be good. We should be totally, totally good. But it's going to take each one of us to do our part so that we can all stay safe. So with that, my time is growing short. I've got five minutes. And I want to also leave you with another song that I think will be appropriate. And I think it'll help us also lift our spirits. I'm all about lifting spirits. And I think it would be good if I played this song to also lift our spirits, even though you're probably getting a lot of music now. Anyway, that's what I feel. You can never have too much music. And I think with that, I'm going to leave you with a little song. And I hope to be with you again next week. And with another exciting topic, I hope I sound upbeat. I'm thinking I sound upbeat. I'm not sure because I'm not really used to working from I'm not used to working from home. Now, isn't that funny? I'm not used to working from home doing this. So this is like a little of a a challenge for me as well. But I think I'm going to make it through. But with that, I want to say God bless. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Love one another. Look out for your neighbors. And until we meet again next week, God's willing, I will talk to you soon. Be well. When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say
Say